0: Now it's time for the news with what's happening, man.
1: All right, so there's not quite as much going on in the news this week as there was the last time we had, we had this conversation. Yet there were still plenty of things to talk about. So, Jimmers, take us away. What are we? What's new to you?
2: Really, I thought there was so much stuff going on this week. I, I didn't know where to begin. All right, this seems kind of minor at first, almost comical, but I think how it's being treated really upsets me. There was a 61-year-old Florida mailman who flew a gyrocopter onto the grounds of the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday of this week. His name is um, Hughes, and he flew himself in a box containing over 500 letters, one for each member of Congress, onto the Capitol lawn using the tiny flying craft. And if you're trying to imagine what the gyrocopter looks like, it's basically a go-kart with a helicopter blade on top of it.
0: Oh, it wasn't a quadcopter? No. No? Okay.
2: No, that sounds fancier. This looks like something you would build in your garage Ah. from, you know, a thing you watched on YouTube. Um, He he called the act an act of civil disobedience and was actually surprised that no authorities seemed to respond. He noted that no one really seemed frightened. When asked if he believes whether he's a patriot, Hughes responded, no, I'm a mailman. (laughs) I thought that was genius because he actually was delivering mail. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah! Congress when he was doing this. That's um, funny, all the cops are like,
0: meh, whatever.
2: <laughs> Authorities remain puzzled at how the tiny helicopter could have supported the weight of Hughes, the letters, and his gigantic pair of balls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> truck balls. Those are
2: huge. You gotta admit, that's some fucked up shit. Can goes. you imagine seeing
0: a, one of those choppers with the, with the truck balls on them?
2: Yeah, right, the truck nuts.
0: <laughs> truck nuts.
2: Um, he was released on personal recognizance and is now under house arrest in Florida. He's being charged with piloting an unregistered aircraft and violating federal airspace restrictions. He's facing four years
1: in prison for oh the charges. Yeah. Why don't
0: they just make him live in Florida still?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so uh, now I've sort of been paying attention to this story, and what I, one of the things I have noticed was how easily dismissed this Hughes guy is, on one hand, how he's vilified on the other. So he's either marginalized or vilified. But what were his motivations for doing this?
2: The letters he had, one for each member of Congress, and they were talking about ending government corruption, ending government graft, and uh, reforming campaign finance. Wait, wait, wait. So his
1: so true evil was actually good.
0: Yes.
2: Yes. And if you, I only saw one video with the guy. I heard radio reports and I read a bunch of articles about him. If you ever see this guy, he's very avuncular. He really seems like he's he should be... Like, you know, your, your grandma you went and you hang out with when you were a kid. Yeah. He um, was a very soft-spoken, very nice guy. And uh, all anyone's talking about, and I mean, the media, the politicians, they're talking about the security of the Capitol building and why the Secret Service wasn't involved more, which they kind of covered the president in the White House anyway. Right, right. Uh, they're talking about why weren't the Capitol police involved? Why didn't they shoot him down as soon as he went into the air? Another thing they're going after is the two reporters who were there from the Tampa Bay Times, right? and they had list. found out a couple weeks ago, is my understanding, and they initially contacted authorities and let them know this guy is planning to do this thing. It turns out they'd already had this guy under investigation for a year. I guess an anonymous informant had called in to say that they knew this guy and he was planning to fly onto the Capitol lawn and so forth. It sounds like the guy was making you know open statements about it. Um, they, the two reporters, they called the morning of when he actually was setting up to launch to let Capitol Police know that he was about to launch the craft onto the, the Capitol lawn, um, but they're going after these two journalists. Apparently, under the guise that there's some kind of journalistic negligence that took place because they didn't do more to stop him, like they didn't call the authorities hard enough.
1: It kind of right. reminds
2: me. it kind of reminds me of like the Joe Paterno thing. Like he reported Sandusky, but he didn't report him hard enough to to make a difference. I don't know what the fuck they were expecting of these people. Right. But they're going even after the, the reporters. Almost no one is talking about the letters. I can't find the contents of the letters specifically online.
0: Because like that's, somebody... that's the most important part of the story, so I of mean, course not.
1: Right. He's basically failed at his goal to bring notice to this cause. Yeah. Instead, we're talking about how he's some kooky loony guy from Florida. Right.
0: And is and it really that kooky or loony? I mean, the stuff he's asking for no, is it's, necessary.
1: It's, it's reasonable. Was that the best way to go about it? Obviously not, but. Well, what do you suggest? Exactly. Yeah, what, wolf
0: what, Do We
1: need we need to go, like, sit in lawn chairs in front of the Koch brothers' gates? Koch yeah. brothers. Well, he said, quote, this is
2: what Hugh said, quote, We've got bigger problems in this country other than fussing about whether the security around D.C. is ironclad. Fussing. We need to be worried about the piles of money going into Congress. True that! End quote.
0: They'll probably punish him by making him hand-deliver all the bribes.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Whoa. You are you are a, a mailman now, Finger. bitch. Well,
2: I just want to say this is really freaky because that was Wednesday, and then Thursday. Did you hear this news about the TPP? No. The um, Trans-Pacific the, Pacific the Partnership. The oh, ruin every. Yeah. The ruin Isn't everything the bill. Backdoor deal. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it's really secret. Nobody knows what's going on about it. You're talking about uh, Ben Affleck in the Sony emails <laughs> earlier today. Some of the leaked Sony yes. emails were talking about the TPP. And I guess the people at Sony were they were vying to get people in as informants and stuff to figure out what was going on because they were upset because they didn't know enough about it but but they had like their plan like we want this and you know such and such um copyright laws across the board for all these specific trade partners we want um intellectual property laws for all these <laughs> partners we you know we want basically our company to benefit off of this thing and um there were actually some wikileaks related to it too there are a ton of major corporations international corporations that have kind of their their hands in the cookie jar for this thing, Uh, they are directly advising a lot of U.S. representatives during this thing. But really, that's about all we know based off of a few leaked documents. Nobody has any idea what's going on in these meetings. And then Thursday, Obama was asking permission for a fast-track vote for the U.S. to pass a trade agreement with the TPP, and it would just be an up-or-down vote. And they figure Republicans are going to vote for it because it's a trade agreement, and mm-hmm. Democrats are going to vote for it because Obama's asking for it. And a lot of them are
0: bought as well, right? Oh yeah,
2: yeah, naturally. Um, you know, like we don't talk about the money in politics, but this is insane. This, we'll, in, we'll talk about what you're going to say in a second with the the campaign. In the How fitting
0: state. is it? The name of the bill sounds like they're going to wipe their ass with the Constitution.
2: TP. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh that's
0: yeah, I mean, you're basically. You're tonight,
2: Jeff. Yeah. What it, oh, thank you. What it boils down to, I mean, it's, it's NAFTA for the 2010s. Yeah. And
0: it's even I'm, better than NAFTA.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, you have to remember like who passed NAFTA. This was Clinton. Like, this is what <laughs> looks like conservative legislation being passed under Democrats right. over and over and over again. Well, that's the
0: easiest way to get conservative uh, stuff passed is through democratic leadership yeah. because people go, well, he's our guy. So we don't like this, but well, he's our guy. So like, Guess.
2: Well, it drove me up the wall. People, you watch these shows where it's always supposed to be like fair and balanced. I'm not referring to Fox News specifically, but they always Fox have guess. one conservative and one liberal, allegedly, and they're columnists, and they go and they talk about this, and they're talking about how incredible the TPP legislation was, because this was finally, ever since the Republicans took the House in 2010, this is Republicans and Democrats coming together and uniting over one thing, but it's like, this is butt-fucking the working class is what they're uniting if over. If it's that incredible, celebrating this? if it's
0: that incredible, release it to the public. I mean... Are the nuclear launch codes included in it? No. Then fucking release it.
1: All right. Well, there we go. Jeffrey, what do you have in the way of news for us?
0: Uh, too much.
2: Too much? <laughs> yes. A flying go-kart. Woohoo!
0: Uh, I was going to do a rundown of some of the latest police brutality and fuckery. Ooh. Oh, um, yeah, okay. Good choice. And uh, you can stop me if I go too far. Okay. Two LAPD officers who fatally shot an unarmed man in 2010 were awarded a total of nearly $4 million last week in a discrimination lawsuit that accused the department of treating them unfairly because they are Latino. Officers Alan Corrales, 35, and George Diego, 34, simply did what they were trained to do, in quotes, when they shot and killed an unarmed man with autism because he basically wasn't following their orders. And he may have had his hands towards his belt line, which is what they always fucking say. Uh, a civilian commission ruled in 2011 that the officers were not justified in the shooting. The cops' lawsuit which was filed in 2012, charged that the officers were barred from returning to the field and also refused transfers or promotion. The suit alleges that they were discriminated against because they were Latino, Latino, and Washington, the dead guy, the dead autistic guy, was black. They also complained that the that a white LAPD officer fatally shot an unarmed Latino man and was allowed to return to field after only six months probation.
1: Well, all right, so but this has been in the news a lot. We had... What had happened was last week now with the the individual shooting an unarmed man as he ran away. That's coming. Yeah. Okay, so...
0: I'm going to talk about that. I just want
2: to say about the LAPD thing. I hadn't heard about this, but this sounds really typical. There was something, I think it was in L.A. several years ago about a guy who was homeless and he uh, was mentally unstable and he wasn't following police commands, so they killed him. Yeah. Uh, There was a thing I'd seen videos of years ago. It was during the Iraq war to the extent that it, you know, has, has kind of ended. Um, and he was a Marine who was on leave from Iraq and some officers, you know, they pulled him over and told him to lay down on the side of the road. And one of them told him to stand up and he said, okay, I'm standing up. And the other one shot him. Uh, thinking geez, He was not God following Christ. commands. And, you know, it's kind of like the idea, like we're always guilty before the law. Like, like, does anyone here know the totality of the laws we have to, to follow? Like even lawyers have to be specialized. Yeah. Like, there's a lawyer that knows every law. And it's like, like anytime you go out, if you are unable to follow commands or they're unreasonable, well, that's it. You're dead.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> the next story. Three Florida police officers were fired and a fourth resigned after exchanging a series of racial offensive text messages and a movie trailer style, style video. In the video, President, President Barack Obama is portrayed as a gigantic gold toothed uh, person with chains and is referred to as a nigger. Black people are shown being attacked by police dogs and held at gunpoint. The slave masters from Django Django Unchained are portrayed as heroic figures. And according to the four police officers, the so-called niggers refer to them as the hoods of death. And to make it perfectly clear what they mean by hoods, they then show a Ku Klux Klan hood. Oh, my God. Classy motherfuckers.
1: I wouldn't go that far.
2: (laughs) Does stuff like this happen where anybody here works? Because I know like there are pockets of it. I'm kind of like just trying to expose. It was in Florida. Is this worse in? And I mean, it depends on where in Florida too. Like if you are talking about like North Florida. I think it's, well, south- actually, it's Alabama. You know, <laughs> if it happens in Miami, it's one thing. You know, yeah, right, right. So, so I'm like, is this really law enforcement? I think it was Fort is it it's Fort Lauderdale South, or because it's, or you know, like, kind of lower middle class, working class people. Like, what, what is it? Like, how prevalent is this? Because I don't feel like I don't see this all the time. But you're and, white, and then <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: You are in fact white.
0: Yeah, but I
2: mean, these were white officers, presumably, right?
0: Um, I think so, but no, the, but they were. Are you saying you don't engage in this? So why would other white people? Oh
2: yeah, like I don't have like white coworkers who are like, hey, let me send you a really fucking racist video.
0: But your your job isn't isn't intertwined with violence, though. You cannot. I don't know. Like I remember
1: being at work and getting a, a veiled racist message on in the you know the internal communication network and. I was, you know, really? drafting my response, Holy moly. and I go back to response, and that that fucking message is gone because like somebody saw it and deleted it. And, like, oh shit! Uh-huh. Like,
2: yeah. So this was th- there was like a send all that was accidental.
1: Cru- well, I don't, <laughs> no, it was not. It was under the guy so as I don't care him. who you are. Yeah. This is funny, and I clicked uh, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm shit. a big fan of funny shit. <laughs> and I'm clicking on. It, I'm like, oh my god. That was a just setting racist. up for.
0: That was just setting up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, I don't even remember what the message exactly entailed. I just remember getting really pissed off about it. And like, why the hell would you send this on internal <laughs> communication? What the hell is wrong with you? But right. anyway. Up
0: next, a 39-year-old father of two, Calvin Reed, was beaten and tased by police in Coconut Creek, Miami. Um, the events of February 22nd began with injured Reed, clothes torn and bloody, arriving at a gated community around 1 a.m. He approached resident Perry Wise in the parking lot. Wise said, he came over to me and asked, will you take me to the hospital? When a nervous Weiss declined, Reed said, Okay, will you call 911 for me? Weiss said, Certainly, no problem. Weiss called Reed an ambulance and left him in the parking lot without asking him why or how he was injured. That seems odd. Um, Fellow fellow resident Wendy Ritter and boyfriend Mark Lamort heard screams coming from the parking lot shortly after. I heard screaming, screaming like somebody was being beat, Lamort said. The couple went outside and saw Reed on his stomach on the ground, hands shackled behind his back, surrounded by four officers. Reed said, They're going to kill me, Ritter said. In my wildest imagination, I didn't believe he would die. The police asked if they knew Reed, and when they answered no, they were ordered away from the scene. They went upstairs but continued to watch. One of the cops said something to him and punched him, said Lamort. He just hit him. Just bam. This guy was no threat to anybody. He was on the ground. He was tied. There's something wrong here. After that, it got very quiet, Ritter said. Another resident, Bonnie Eschelman, testified in a sworn affidavit that she saw the four officers surrounding Reed and pinned him to the ground while he lay prone. One officer threatened to break his arm while another hit him with a baton. She remembers seeing Reed cry out to an unidentified woman who stood about 25 yards away, likely Ritter. Help! They're going to kill me! Eschelman states that she saw two officers drag, drag Reed to his feet. Then, according to her testimony, the two officers simultaneously shot him with tasers. Then they threw him face down in the grass. Afterward, and she heard Reed call for the second time, I can't breathe. At this point, Reed stopped moving, and Esherman heard officers call in paramedics. Reed died two days later. Officers claim that the reason they had to subdue Reed is that he was being aggressive towards the EMT, even though it was Reed who requested that they be called. And there is the fact that if you have the capacity and make a voluntary and appropriate informed decision to refuse treatment, your decision must be respected. This applies even if your decision would result in your death. So even if you was saying leave me alone after even after he called them they're supposed to leave him alone the police department then kept his kept his death a secret refusing to issue a press release about the incident when the reporters contacted city officials to investigate rumors of his death the city claimed that everything associated with the case was confidential
2: wow what gets me about these cases too is that there are so many officers around like it's not just like one guy There'll be four people standing there. You know, it's like the Rodney King thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it, it clearly becomes a cultural thing, which reminds me of the Slicker yeah, well, case, out on dude. the phone. Yeah, you're talking about the Slager case next?
0: Um, so Scott th- Is Slager. that the Inkster guy? Huh? Is that the dude from Inkster, Detroit?
2: No, the one who got shot in the back. The one from oh, him. no, that's uh, that's still coming. There's so much. Oh my God. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right go should, ahead. I, should I sign on the next one? Yeah, do you want to give a quick rundown on these? Because I, I can't even follow them. <laughs> like, I'm just appalled, and then I'm over it.
0: Well, here's here's another one. Inkster, Michigan, near Detroit. Police dash cam videos clearly show Floyd Dent, a 57-year-old man with no criminal record, being pulled over, dragged from his car, immediately placed in a chokehold, punched in the head 16 times, placed in an arm lock, kicked and tased multiple times. The officer doing the taser appears to, at one point to be purposely aiming for for Dent's groin to uh, tase his groin. Wait,
1: when did this happen?
0: Um, I don't not that not that long ago. It was in Detroit.
1: Because that is
0: extraordinarily fucked up. Yeah, they—they they, the guy was like trying to get it right, like up his gooch, you know. Um, oh,
2: Did everybody just discover there were cameras built into their phones all of a sudden? Why is this <laughs> all of a sudden just huge tidal waves of this? Well, are just more aware. Like they see something going down. I think people out.
0: are more
1: aware of it, and especially you see more people. Do, like you know, you'll have people like cops intimidating people. Oh, You can't record us. You can't record
0: us. That's coming yeah, up I'm in one of the stories. Your yeah, the officers also claim that Dent threatened to kill them, which could have been corroborated if mandated microphones the officers were wearing weren't turned off convenient one of the officers claimed that dent bit him which in the video doesn't know no, which, which isn't shown in the video uh, the video does show william robocop melendez wait wait,
1: Cle- wait 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 some guy really has a nickname of robocop <laughs> yes
0: <Is laughs> it shows <in> <laughs> <laughs> it shows melendez clearly planting a small bag of drugs
2: Oh my.
0: Like you forgot oh, the wait, dash cam so, like, Where do
2: the drugs come from? Does he just have some in his sock? Like, for, it sh- it like oh, him, we're going to have to frame th- up this, one guy. This is a uh, plant purpose. The
0: video shows him pulling it out of his pocket. Wow. Off so it's the- probably his own
1: personal stash.
0: And, and it wasn't like they found his pocket. He put it under one of the seats. So they show him pulling it out of his pocket and then. Wait.
1: And what, I, why have I not heard of this? Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> young, like, I've actually gotta, read up on some other stuff in, in to watch relation young, to this, but nothing about this. need to watch
0: the Young Turks. Officer Melendez just happened to be the one who had dent in the chokehold and then proceeded to try to dent dent's head in. Uh, despite having a debatably cool nickname, this is not the first time this officer has been charged with planning evidence at a crime. Last time he got away with it, though. After the attack, Dent was hospitalized for two days due to his injuries up to his fa- to his head and his face. While at the hospital, Dent insisted on being tested for drugs. No drugs were found in Dent's system. The Inkster district court judge, after reviewing the tape, immediately tossed out the assault and resisting arrest charges, but still Dent faces the bogus drug charges last time I checked.
2: So the plant is on video, but they won't throw out the drug charges.
0: Apparently Yeah. <laughs>
2: A lot of this stuff is just total bullshit. Like, they'll have some residual charges. Right. I forget what they call it. They call it backup charges or something. And it sounds like they're holding it over. I'm like, all right, you can sue the officer for, for battery and, and
0: I checked go out to the city.
2: Or, or we can just drop the charges and save you a lot of legal trouble. You, you know, like, it, it gives them an, an extra few tokens at the poker table.
0: I checked last night. and He was still on the hook for it. Wow. Uh, video released by an Oklahoma sheriff's deputy on Friday what shows. These are there. A few. Can we,
2: we like, summarize these
0: or something? Get get us to the end here, man. um, Shows an unarmed black man named Eric Harris fleeing police as they exit their cars to chase him. After officers catch up to Harris and bring him to the ground, the officer calls out the word taser twice before firing a single shot at Harris. The shot which was fired by Reserve Deputy Robert Bates was fatal. Harris was pronounced dead an hour later, so the guy accidentally shot him with um, the shooting appears to be a tragic accident. Bates did say taser before shooting Harris and then immediately pulled the trigger. Bates dropped the gun and said, oh, I shot him. I'm sorry. At a press conference on Friday, a Tulsa County Sheriff's officer spokesman claimed that Bates was a tr- was the true victim. The guy who shot him was the true victim of something called slip and capture. a police term for when someone does one thing while believing they're doing something else in high stress situations. They say that Bates believed he was holding his taser and not his firearm when he fired the round, well, killing the which Harris. has
2: happened several times before. Yes. And if you ever look, most taser designs, like the tasers now are, are like neon yellow, but especially like taser brand ones. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be, they actually designed them initially to have the same ergonomics as Glocks. And they had this issue. I'd read about yeah. a female officer a few years ago. There was a suspect up a tree and she wanted to tase him in the tree to get him out. And she pulled out her sidearm instead and just shot him dead.
0: It gets worse though. Whenever ba- whatever Bates intentions, however, the other officers on the scene responded to Harris's cries for help by forcefully pinning him to the ground and telling him to shut up. In the video released by the Sheriff's Department, as Harris lies face down on the ground bleeding and cries out, Oh shit, man, he shot me. Oh, he shot me. Oh, he shot me. One of the officers puts his knee on Harris's head in an apparent effort to subdue him. The officer tells Harris to shut the fuck up shortly thereafter. When Harris tells one of the officers, I'm losing my breath, the officer responds, fuck your breath.
1: This is—is is this the, what? This is old, isn't it?
0: I'm um, hearing
1: about this. Is this the the really
2: old guy? He was—they uh, called him a hobby sheriff. He's like hold on, yeah. That's what I'm getting. There's
0: another one. What the fuck? Uh, oh this God. might be the same guy. All right. yeah, um, but yeah, he—the uh, unusual twist of the story is that Bates, the reserve deputy who shot Harris, is not a full-time officer. He's a 73-year-old okay. insurance executive and a wealthy donor to the sheriff's department. Bates, oh, is play,
1: cops and robbers. Bates is
0: classified Bates is classified as advanced reserve the highest level of responsibility a position that permits him to do anything a full-time deputy can do at a Friday press conference Tulsa Police Sergeant Jim Clark said the Tulsa County Sheriff's Office investigation concluded that Bates did not commit a crime and no policy violations occurred So apparently he can just oh murder people God. All right um you wanted to talk about So
2: yeah like incompetence isn't illegal
0: I guess not I no don't know. no why do they give this guy a gun why not just, why not just give him a taser him okay wait,
1: so like this is what i was reading this morning in relation to all this and this is making the news all right headline is let me read it to you <laughs> ohio cop refuses to resort to deadly force i wanted to be absolutely sure all right we have a cop he's been on the force for just less than a year in ohio would not resort to resu- shooting a suspect because he wanted to be sure. This is what makes the news. Some cop actually doing something that resembles his job. That's what makes the news. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, it is good for him.
2: Are we, we going to talk about the I, Slager thing? Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll hold my comments until right.
0: Washington. Police officer Michael Slager in uh, oh. North Charleston, South Carolina, was charged with murder on Tuesday after a video surfacing showing him shooting and killing unarmed Walter Scott in the back while the, while the man ran away. Uh, the shooting unfolded after Officer Slager dro- uh, stopped the driver of the Mercedes-Benz with a broken taillight. According to the police reports, Walter Scott ran away, apparently over fears that he could be arrested due to unpaid child support. Uh,
1: can we pause right there? Uh, I have good word, as in family members and friends who are a part of the law enforcement community. So I'm definitely not meaning to be bashing on them by any stretch. But I will tell you, when a police officer pulls someone over for a bastion headlight or any kind of lighting issue, it's usually a bullshit excuse. FYI.
2: Yeah, I know. Like a lot of times at night, especially uh, like reserve deputies, reserve officers and stuff, like they won't be. This wasn't the case in this one. But I know it's a big thing where like they have this list of Mopery charges they look for. If they just don't like the look of a car. And a lot of times, um, reserve deputies and stuff, they won't be issued uh, speed scanning equipment, radar and stuff, because and, they're not trained for it. Like, it would require, you know, like, extra training in the right. academy. They'll
0: just pull over people who have out-of-state license plates. Yeah,
2: but but I mean, like, there's there exists, you know, lists of, you know, like, such a thing like, oh, they swerved in their lane a little bit. You know, oh, you reckless driving. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pull you over. It's and absolutely you know, a pretense, yeah.
1: and obviously so.
2: And then step out of the car, and it's like, well, now I'm in contact with you, time for a Terry search. <laughs> and, you know,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Officer Schlager chased him and fired his taser, the electronic stun gun, but it did not stop Mr. Scott, according to police reports. Officer Schlager reports that Scott took Slager's stun gun and then Slager feared for his life, shot Scott. However, a video taken by a bystander and the coroner's report does not corroborate Slager's story. First, the leads of the stun gun were already attached to Walter Scott, and the video shows Scott knocking the taser from Officer Schlager's hands to the ground where it laid. Officer Scott then turns to run without picking up the taser, Officer Slager draws his pistol and fires eight times, killing Walter Scott. The Supreme Court has held that an officer may use deadly force against a fleeing suspect only when there is probable cause that the suspect poses a significant threat of death or serious physical injury to the officers or others. I'll remind you here that Walter Scott was unarmed and Officer Slager had no cause to believe that Scott was a violent menace to society. All Officer Slager could say for sure is that Walter Scott had a broken taillight and he ran from a police officer for, for reasons unknown to Slager, and that Walter Scott apparently didn't like being tased. <laughs> to make matters worse, the video shows Officer Slager trying to cover his ass from what he knows was an unlawful murder by picking up the taser at his feet and taking it over to Walter Scott's body and dropping it there.
1: All right, well, this is the, you know, the other side of the story, whereas these other stories that you've read basically these people are getting away with it. But now this asshole got caught and he's been charged with murder. Yes. Like, like there's no if, ands or buts. In fact, <clears throat> I was reading about uh, an app that you can use on your phone. Uh, not only that will live stream any video. Yeah. I told you about have.
0: that to the, I think it was the NAACP or something. Like that. Oh,
1: there's a variety of them. There's it's actually an app. That, oh, ACLU. yes. Thank you. That you can uh, that will live stream it to a different source. But it looks and like the phone's there's off. also a screen lock that you can download that, basically tells any police officer who would look at your phone you have no right to legal right to look at my
0: phone uh so it's, it's interesting all the is coming out at the moment frank pasak a 30-year-old uh, california man oh did you want something yeah to-
2: no i just want to say about the slager case too the second cop shows up at the scene and he has his back to the camera and he's a black officer by the way the second cop who shows up and he's talking to him and then in the video apparently i i couldn't make out the thing about dropping the taser next to him and then and said something about it, and I rewatched and I'm like, yeah, okay, I see him dropping something next to the body, which I guess yeah. was a taser.
0: They, they showed the, a slowed down, highlighted, yeah, Yeah, it's, pretty yeah. Obvious.
2: You, you know, it's just like something black that's going there and hitting the deck. But um, the second officer shows up, and there's a lot of kind of conjecture about what he says, but I've heard some people are saying that he actually was telling the officer, like, you're being recorded, there's a guy over there, pick up the taser, Oopsie. and then he picks a taser up off the ground. But, like, the second black officer shows up and is totally complicit. Like, hey, dude, we got to cover our asses. Stop playing again. You know what I mean? Black Uh,
0: cops are racist against black people, too. um,
2: I I have quite a few law enforcement people in my family, um, mostly prior. And uh, I I hear reports all the time. And they themselves are racial minorities. And uh, many of them are racist as hell. And I hear accounts from black cops all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, man, I can't stand these niggers. I can't believe i got to work. You know.
0: Uh, Shame. Next thing. Uh, Frank Boussac, the 30-year-old California man who was videotaped being beaten by police officers after he tried to flee on a horse, told NBC News on Monday that he was handcuffed during 99% of the incident. Boussac said after... And the horse
2: was tased to death.
0: <laughs> no, the cop actually missed that the horse. That would be uh, said after the beating stopped, a deputy whispered to him, This isn't over. Oh, my God. Deputy said that they were serving a warrant... War they served to warrant at the house Pusak was visiting. They weren't even looking for him. Passak told NBC News that he ran because any contact with the police he's had has been negative. <laughs> no. Were show- court records show Pusak has a criminal record, which includes resisting an officer in 2013. Pusak described the beating to NBC News, recalling how he was shot with a taser once before he was handcuffed and then twice more afterwards. I watched the video, and let me just say Pusak gets some style points for trying to escape on horseback. Pusak immediately, after being tased, drops and rolls to his stomach and puts his hands out to his side, which is fairly typical compliance position that cops ask suspects to take. He then puts his hands behind his back, and the two officers immediately start kicking him in the head and groin. Then they post their knees on Pusak and both begin punching him in the face, one using the taser as a bludgeon. At this point, several other officers show up and begin pummeling Pasak as well. There were more kicks, some knees, some elbows. I lost count on the number of blows thrown at around 70. During this whole time, Pasak showed absolutely no aggression, nor did he try to defend himself in any way. The cops' actions could be called nothing less than cruel and cowardly.
1: All right, well, uh, what do you think is going to come up with this? What's the next step?
0: Um, well, I think people just need to be keep recording. Keep vigilant. Um, upload
1: your video to these streams
0: that one you were talking about a video recording on a witness cell phone shows interaction between violent police officers and Philip White 32 year old man who died in police custody last week the video shows White on his back on the ground while a police canine attacks him the officer screams at White to roll over and put your hands behind your head do it now later the police officer approaches the person recording the arrest and asks did you see what happened here all of it the man recording says "Uh uh-huh the officer then says I'm gonna need your information I'm gonna take your phone the man rep- recording replies you're going to take my phone the officer then says yep you wanted to video you wanted to video that we're going to take it it's evidence by the way recording an arrest is not illegal but having your phone confiscated for recording arrest is illegal i bet the motherfucking cop knew it uh talking to some of these people i would actually be surprised they did after the arrest white was taken to the hospital in respiratory distress he became unresponsive in the hospital he was later reported dead audio of the police communications during the incident revealed that authority said white was hyperventilating and one officer later after already saying that white was hyperventilating said that white was trying to disarm me while hyperventilating sure what's not to believe about that statement
1: yeah. All right, so well, I get to think about like
2: how did we come to this point too? Because like in the '80s and '90s, there was this talk about there was going to be a super criminal and all the crime waves, and we had the ghettos, which were just crack dens and all this stuff. And, and so like there was all this like emphasis on enforcement and uh, mandatory minimum sentencing and all this stuff. Yeah. And everybody was like on the cop bandwagon, like yeah, I want to see the cops beat the shit out of some people. I, I mean, like I, I felt like that was kind of like the zeitgeist at the time. And I'm hoping that like that's going to taper off and we're going to reverse this.
1: Uh, of course, ever since 9-11, you also have the militarization of police departments across the country, yeah. which is also contributing to this problem that we're having. Well, right. here, here's
0: one that doesn't Everyone's end- the enemy. Here's one that doesn't end in death... But a black junior college basketballer said he was briefly detained by two Philadelphia police officers he embarrassed during a pickup basketball game. Samir Hill, a five foot seven point guard at Allegheny College of Maryland, was playing against some neighborhood kids when the officers approached and joked that they didn't look very good and started talking trash. So Samir Hill then challenged them to a game and beat them in quite an embarrassing fashion. He'll never learn the officers' names, but he said they arrested him two days later after pro athletes, including former NFL star Chad Johnson, shared the video clip on social media. Samir Hill said the officers took him to the police station saying they thought they saw him with contraband, but they eventually let him go without charge. And to wrap everything up in a nice little bow, a new report by thinkprogress.com unearthed disturbing figures. Just last month, in the 31 days of March, police in the United States killed more people than the U.K. police did in the entire 20th century.
1: In Whoa. fact, it was
0: twice as many. In March alone, 111 people died during police encounters. Police in the U.K. only killed 52 people during the last 100-year period.
2: Yeah, I would say it's just because we have more guns. Like, the co- oh, man, you know, like he, he was pulling his gun out. But, like, oh these people actually have guns, from what I'm getting at.
0: I, I think it is training. They... Right. They teach them that the worst case scenario is going to happen every fucking time. Right. And the worst case scenario is the worst case scenario because it doesn't happen very often.
2: Yeah. I, I heard a That's why they're wearing body armor. So about, um, in uh, Germany, like the entire round count for every round they'd fired in every police shooting for the entire year was like two days for the U.S. It was like 70 wow, rounds or something.
0: Holy shit. Yeah.
2: It was like 70 rounds. Do you guys remember in Polk County when that guy, um, he killed the dog, the OG? And the the deputy, this was about eight or nine years ago. No doubt. And when they shot him, they hit him like 60 some times, but they fired like 120 rounds. And the mayor of Polk County, I'm talking about in Florida here, uh, they they were asking him, um, you know, like, why did they shoot him, fire 120 rounds? And he said, um, that's how many rounds they had until they ran out of ammo.
1: Jesus Christ.
2: He made a joke out of it.
0: (laughs) It's like, well, we wanted to shoot him more, but we ran dry. Yeah. Good thing nothing else happened.
2: Well I just want to say we're talking about like body armor and stuff. It's sort of like this is one of those jobs like we have respect for police officers, at least, you know, allegedly we used to. Because like you're putting your life on the line. You know, like I I hate the phrase cop killer, like this guy's a cop killer. We gotta track him down. And whenever a cop gets killed, it's always kind of like the city has to shut down and there are checkpoints everywhere, which I don't know how it's constitutional. But you know, it's the end of the world, you know, like if I got killed and like, Who gives a fuck about that yeah, guy?
0: Yeah. yeah. Um but the body armor that's what the body armor is there for. It's to it's to give you a second to fuck up Mm -hmm. and underestimate the situation instead of constantly overestimating the situation.
2: No, well, I'm just saying, like, everything, you know, used to be serve and protect, and now it's, like, all these officers. You ever watch an episode of Cops? And it's been years since I've seen it, but I remember ones where they're doing, like, an undercover investigation. They're like, all right, everybody, keep it safe. Expect the worst. Got to make it home at the end of the day. And it's like, it's kind of got to be one or the other. Like, either you're putting your life on the line and there's inherent risk, and and you're doing a public service. Or if you're protecting yourself at all costs, well, you're protecting yourself to the the expense of everything else.
0: And yet some of these cops still will roll around without their body armor on. I don't know if that's changed more recently, but up until recently, they roll around without their body armor on. Do you want to... Your turn.
1: All right, so what I was going to bring to the table on what's happening, man, is something that's definitely taking over the airwaves these days, and that's the 2016 presidential election.
0: Uh, in the past few
1: weeks, we've had quite a people declare that they're running. We've had several people indicate strongly that they're going to be running, and we have people who are just sort of putting their toes in the water and say it might happen. So, on the Republican side, we have Ted Cruz, Senator from <laughs> Texas, our, one of our favorite individuals in this <laughs> podcast, just to make fun of. <clears throat> and then we have Marco Rubio, a Florida senator. Sexy as hell. Indeed <laughs> he Mr. is. Rubio. And then we have the former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, who is also allegedly going to be throwing his hat into the ring at some point. Not sexy. Not sexy, man. <laughs> and then, of course, there is the other former Florida governor and a Bush family member, Jeb Bush.
2: Okay. You know what's funny? Out of all his names... Everybody's talking about Jeb Bush is, like, the inevitable one, and everybody's talking about Marco Rubio is probably really the best candidate. He's very well-spoken. He has a big base and all this stuff. And he should be, like, the front-runner for VP, is what a lot of people are saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, they can't do it constitutionally because... Jeb is already from Florida. Florida. Yeah, you can't have a president and vice president
1: candidate. Oh man, yeah. Jeb better Jeb better move to Georgia across the state line here, Sam. All right, can you imagine?
2: Time. This is what shot like what the we're at the beginning of this is like the first quarter of 2015. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're in April, and we're talking about the
1: November election of 2016. That we are. It's so, crazy. A lot of yeah. I mean, we have what eight months before the first primary or whatever it is. Isn't in
0: some countries where you can only do it for like two months or two weeks. You know, ahead of time. Yeah,
1: that's probably yeah. like Pakistan or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be no, the I mean, UK.
2: I, I, but I mean, like, we really are the only country developed or otherwise, as far as I know, that does anything remotely resembling this.
0: And can you uh, imagine yes. a third Bush presidency?
2: Well, the entire well, thing is shocking it, about me. Look. If you think about this, like, going back to George H.W. Bush, uh, I mean, you have him with a term, Clinton with two terms, then you have Bush, the other Bush with two terms, you'll have Obama with two terms in between. But you know, like if Bush or H word, you know, wins the presidency, so you're talking about out of nine presidential terms, you'll have the same family running it for uh, seven of them.
0: Well, then we just need like that's
2: fucking insane. We just need because the United States of
0: America. We just need Hillary to do it this time, and then Jed to do it next time, and then maybe I don't know, Malia. Yeah, Malia. Will she be old (laughs) enough at that point? I don't
2: think she'll be old enough by then. But yeah. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah. uh, I don't understand. Like, there is no
0: aristocracy in the U.S. Yeah, what we have 330 talk about. million
2: people in this country. Like, can we find someone not from the same family?
0: Well, think about how many super rich, influential families there are out there, you know. I guess Obama didn't come from great wealth, but the Bushes definitely did. Definitely did. And Clinton was just a smart motherfucker.
1: All right, and of course, on the Democratic side, uh, almost exactly a week ago, we have Hillary Clinton officially throwing her hat into the ring and... Announcing her candidacy for president. Yeah, and she's and, supposed
2: to be the inevitable one, but her entire campaign this year, at least for the primaries, is how she is not the inevitable one. She's going to fight tooth and nail. And she's going to reintroduce herself, and here you hear? She's dropping the Rodham from now on. She she wants to be firmly Hillary Clinton. Well, she, I mean, she did that years ago.
1: Yeah, but and when I, did geez, she? There forget? was an
2: article on NPR. there talking about this. Like this is part of her rebranding campaign. Which the very idea of rebranding pisses me off. Because like we kind of know it when we talk about it. I heard uh, some commentators were talking about this, and they're talking about like, well, Rubio's going to play the youth angle, and Jeb is going to play the experience angle, and Hillary is going to play the empathy angle, and they're they're going through talking about all these different things, and even like the commentators know it's just a big game. I think it's funny because in two thousand eight, they have industry awards for marketing, you know, for advertisers. Do you know who won the um, advertiser of the advertising campaign of the year in two thousand eight? Nope. The Obama campaign. Oh my God! L- like everybody, l- we know that it's just an advertising campaign. Like, what is advertising? You know, it's to get you to buy shit I was, that you don't. Want. I
0: was afraid it was going to be the hog nuts lady. <laughs> um, but when did Hillary Clinton forget how to talk like a normal person? Just out of curiosity.
1: What do you mean? Do you mean? Yeah. She
0: talks very robotically and emphasizes everything clearly. And I guess Obama does yep. the same fucking thing. Yeah, and uh, thing.
2: you remember, like, everybody talked about what a great speaker he was before the 2008 election. And he had a couple of faux pas, gaffes, whatever you want to call them, in the same month. It, it was like he had the San Francisco speaking engagement. He'd talk about the people clinging to guns and God. And he got his ass chewed for that. And there was something else in, like, the same month. And, like, Reverend Wright broke. And all of a sudden, he spoke very, very carefully and very, very um, deliberatively and everybody noticed, like, what the hell's going on? And it's just like he's scared shitless. Like, you can't say whatever you want anymore. You can't speak off And, of dog. course,
0: every time he talked normal, they say he was mugging for the mi- for the minorities because he's talking like a normal fucking person. No, he's yeah. mugging for everybody else yeah. when he talks, you know, yeah. with the deliberate pauses somewhat Kirkian.
2: Mm. <laughs> but he uses it inappropriately sometimes. Nice. Remember when the torture report broke about Guantanamo?
0: Oh, we he's tortured like, some folks? Like, yeah, we
2: tortured some folks.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. That all right, so uh, anything else we want to talk about the elections? Uh, no, we, just, we have I, a I long, that, hard yeah, road ahead a lot of come. us.
2: Yeah, I, I hate that it's Jeb and Hillary is what we've decided already. Well, um,
1: Bernie Sanders still my run. I'm hoping you hope. I like yeah. Bernie. We, but, I I mean, everybody Bernie.
2: talks about, you know, like they're the inevitable candidates because they can each raise $1 billion or $2 billion or whatever the fuck they're talking about. The number has to be the magic and number. And then they're going to get
1: more mailmen on the Capitol lawn. I'd like right. to
0: see Elizabeth Warren run. Personally, she's also, yeah, but she's out. Yeah, I she know, she's I know. I know. Um, I,
2: I, but I, I remember, like, in elementary school, like the teacher talking about how like, you can do whatever you want when you grow up. You can be president if you want. But I, I mean, like, do, do they they throw in caveats now? Like, you know, like if you can get people to give you two billion dollars, you can be president. I mean, that's uh, what it, Like, I, I don't understand how we can have any kind of even the the fallacy that we're operating in any kind of real democracy. Wolf, uh, stuff like this is going on.
0: Wolfpack r- it's, it's been decided. Has to be done at the state level. Fear.
1: Battalions of riot police with rubber bullets, kisses, baton courtesy, service with a smile. yeah the staple center, you can see America with this tire for avenging disgrace. for loving youth against the brutality. A plastic existence. <laughs> Pushing children, automatics. They'd like a push All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of the road. It is now time for the Dope Box. Jimmers, what's grinding your gears today? This week, three of the
2: guards in the 2007 Nassara Square Blackwater Massacre were sentenced. They are each given 30 years in prison. If you guys remember the 2007 Nassau Square incident, it was basically a bunch of Blackwater private military contractors, were driving through Baghdad and they claimed that they were getting shot at, apparently by Iraqi police or some kind of insurgents. And so they opened fire on everyone. Uh, they were strafing buses with machine guns. Uh, there was a guy who had his hands up in surrender and they shot him down. And it's bizarre. One of the, the guards, he's already um, uh, been sentenced to life in prison. The other three were sentenced to 30 years each. And a lot of that has to do with the fact they were um, charged on a technicality with use of a machine gun in a crime, which has mandatory minimum sentencing, like we're talking what? about from the early 90s crime crackdown, even though they were contractors who were legally wielding machine guns. Um, but regardless of this, uh, it's bizarre to think about how far we've come with contractors. This has kind of just like worked its way into the news like nothing. Do you guys remember Fallujah in 2003? Where they hung the bodies off the bridge
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: and they they were talking about they were mili- uh i don't think they said military contractors they just said they were they were contractors for the US government and everyone was like oh shit like they were like cafeteria workers or or you know they they pumped the
0: Cruckers. gas station right, or
2: right. yeah and then it turned out like no like they were running around with guns and all of a sudden everybody's like we have mercenaries <gasps> no and i think it's bizarre how acclimated we are to that that we're just kind of over it But we did operate under a veil of secrecy,
0: not just mercenaries, mercenaries where the leader is a religious zealot. What could go wrong there?
2: Yeah. The Eric (laughs) Prince angle on the entire thing is kind of bizarre. It's funny. He's not just a religious zealot. He's also a very strong American pattern libertarian because he believes that the army should be outsourced, even though his Private military that he operates receives ninety five percent of its funding from the federal government anyway. Yeah. That somehow is libertarianism and small government. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, the trial they had um, about a hundred people showed up in support of the defendants wearing black shirts uh, in the the vein of Blackwater shirts. Of course, it's no longer Blackwater. They've changed their name three times. Yeah, now they're Academy re-
1: rebranding again.
2: Yeah, multiple times. Uh, but now they're Academy as a result of this. Uh, no, it's just bizarre to think that this has become kind of an everyday thing, and this was sort of an under-the-radar news story. I heard a little bit about it when it happened, and that was it. But it's almost only by a technicality that these guys really are serving any jail time whatsoever, for what happened in Iraq.
0: Well, good. All right. Technicality or not. <laughs>
1: All right, Jeffrey. What's um, floating your boat this week?
0: I bitched so much on what's happening, man, that I'm, I'm spent just like uh, cops. Oh, stop! Oh my God. Stop shooting oh. people on the drop of a fucking hat. Do That's, do your job.
1: Those are true words. Your
0: job is partially to risk your life. Sorry, if you want to make sh- if you want to make sure that every time you're going into a dangerous situation, it actually is a dangerous situation, and still be out of macho, become a fireman,
1: or a cop like that. Actually, yeah, th- a shit. Like with
0: well, that one guy you talked about. But no, about.
1: Inspector Jaber's. Okay, oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Buchanan. This is my dope box. What's been on my mind over the last week or so, happens to be, have come from the John Oliver show on HBO, where he interviewed the hacker, the former government contractor Edward
0: Snowden, you show who you
1: is currently residing in Russia. And John Oliver traveled all the way there and interviewed him for his show, and it was interesting to actually. Hear this guy talk. Now, John Oliver did not go for Snowden like maybe a regular journalist would. However, I would contend that he did a damn better job than most journalists out there.
0: I was surprised how aggressive he was. I was, too. He was
1: definitely aggressive. But here's the thing. Snowden, I mean, maybe he's been practicing and polishing himself since he's been exiled. But Homeboy was articulate. Everything he said made sense. His concerns were valid. And I will never say that this guy is a patriot, but he's not a villain either. No.
2: I'll say he's a patriot. It really pissed me off to no end how John Oliver kind of came out at the beginning and was like uh, doing the fair and balance thing about like, I'm not sure whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. I was quite Did shocked. you actually like watch the interview? Like shocked. everybody's making it out like, oh man, he had such an ego. Did he look like he had a lot of ego? No, to no you? ego at no, all. No, Yeah, it looked like a 20-something kid. A
0: person with an ego would have made sure their hair was perfect. His hair was a little fucked up. Yeah, and he he,
1: he didn't walk in in a suit and tie exactly either. (laughs) People were actually saying ego? No. I mean, he's actually been given a chance, and it's not the avenue he may have wished, for the first time since his exile, to actually talk about this shit. And what he had to say was spot on. It was perfect. I was actually convinced of the rightness of his actions somewhat. I'm not saying the what the way he did a, the way he went about things was correct, but damn it all. Should somebody have blown this whistle? You better believe it.
0: Do you think John Oliver would have been a little nicer to him? If he hadn't flown 10 hours and then had to wait for an hour for the guy to show up, he <laughs> seemed a little pissed. Even
2: the lead-in, he, he seemed really pissed <laughs> yeah. off. Like was, we can't decide about about Snowden, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. And I'm like, this is such bullshit. Because here, Here's the question I want to pose, too. We were talking about the Hughes guy with the gyroscope this week. Like, How do you have your voice heard other than run an investment bank and give $100 million to a super PAC for a candidate? In this country. Possible. Like anything you do whatsoever to have your voice
0: heard. Crowdsourcing you're... to make a sandwich?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, oh, like, really? politically,
2: like, you're fucking insane. Like, the gyroscope guy, people were laughing at him. I was watching an ABC News thing, and they were laughing at him. Like, that guy said he felt relatively safe. What a fucking psycho. <laughs> he,
0: he was just trying his best. Yeah.
2: I, th- like, that's the impression I get. Like, people see horrible things going on, and they try their best, and invariably they get villainized by the media. It's and a the, that's, the, and that's the media
1: slant here is that they're, like I was saying with the, uh, the gyroscope guy, they're getting marginalized or vilified. And so we have this huge guy out of of Florida here who was marginalized. And we have Snowden who has definitely been vilified. I mean, there, there are, there's a large military presence where we currently reside. Mm -hmm. And some really cool guys that I know that are on base were like, let's, let's string up this motherfucker. He's a traitor. Yeah. And I can't agree with that by any stretch of the Mm -hmm.
0: imagination. Well, think about it this way, you know. As far as the the guy with the leaf with the with the ch- with the helicopter, you got a big crowd of people, and they're all screaming, the, screaming at the top of their lungs. And you got one guy with a huge sound system and a microphone. Fuck all your screaming! I got money to buy this shit. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's you? true. Yeah, and the entire thing with this, like, I feel like we get lost in this because Oliver touched a little bit on it. He was talking about Julian Assange. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It's like he was talking about like like Julian the Assange. Is so he even looked like a dick when when Benedict Cumberbatch was the playing him.
0: Or something.
2: Julian Assange is uncumberbatchable.
0: (laughs) That was funny. That was funny as fuck. uh,
2: I thought it was funny too, but I'm like, Julian Assange is not a dick. I don't know if he's been tainted by the rape charges at all. Which by the way, they've been getting dismissed have you noticed like they've been getting dismissed off and on over the last few years. Yeah. And there's political pressure. Where is it coming from? Sweden? To keep putting the charges back on to be better allies with the US so they can get him extradited. Like what the like I understand, like Snowden probably did the right thing, but technically, okay, he broke some laws. What the fuck law did Julian Assange break? Like, he can't commit treason against a country that he's not in. Well, he's not a, a he's not a citizen. I don't fucking understand this. As
0: far as the rape thing, it was it was basically because he didn't use a condom when the girls thought he was using a condom. Which, yeah, it's a dick move.
2: That, did, uh, like I'm not saying like rape is good and stuff, but that is like fucking white belt rape. No, they
0: wanted but, to have sex with him. But they didn't, they didn't yeah, want to have okay. sex with a condom on because it's dangerous. But yeah. did he get them pregnant? Did he give them a venereal disease? No, I mean, it's still horrible, and they should, like, take turns, kick him in the balls, and then call it a day, you know?
2: (laughs) But But, I mean, like, remember, think about, like, 70s stuff, Mark Felt leaking the stuff to Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein about Watergate. Whatever happened with that? Like it was just like, yeah, okay, that shit's fucked up. I'm glad somebody blew the whistle. Or, um, you know, like the Daniel Ellsberg and the Pentagon Papers. Like they kind of, sort of had a token case against them, which got eliminated on technicality. It's like, are we really out for blood against these people? And and think about this: we never talk about this, but what about Chelsea Manning? Oh, like she's doing 35 years in Fort Leavenworth right now. For this stuff. I mean, like, at least Snowden is free. Granted, like, he gave up a six figure job in Hawaii. Who did Chelsea
0: Manning kill to spend that much time in prison? I can't remember. Well,
2: it's funny because, you know, like, they charged her with aiding the enemy. Like, they were were trying to make a life sentence, you know, capital case out of the thing. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, if you actually look at these people as human beings, for one, give them the benefit of the doubt for one second. Well, like none of these people really have an ego. They're just maybe Julian Assange. Yeah. <laughs> like none of these people really have an ego. Like they're just like, man, like this stuff is really fucked up. Let's make the world a better place. And we have no place for that in our society now.
0: Apparently, like admitting to any wrong on part of the U.S. means you're aiding the enemy. Yeah, you can't admit to any wrongdoing. What kind of society is this, man?
2: Yeah, but, but I mean, like the the Chelsea Manning stuff with WikiLeaks. Like what was that was about? Like the Baghdad airstrike where they killed the Reuters reporters and all this stuff. Um, it, yeah, it was bad. actually releasing. Civilian numbers and friendly fire numbers for casualties in Iraq and Afghanistan. It was uh, treatment of Guantanamo prisoners, which was outside of UN sanctions. It was lies about uh, Guantanamo prisoners and not reporting them to the International Red Cross. Uh, it was secret bombings of Yemen. It was no- CIA knowledge of secret assassination programs. Yeah. It was spying on UN representatives, having been ordered by Hillary Clinton herself. <sighs> like, I mean, that's some serious dun, shit. Like, dun, the Snowden dun. stuff is like, all right, like, if, if I send my dick pic and it's ever on a server outside of the U S somebody's looking at it, but like the Chelsea Manning stuff was off the hook and nobody is talking about her anymore. No, she's done. I, I find that bizarre also.
1: All right, guys, that's going to wrap us up. We are out of here. So any parting words, happy dinging, happy See. dinging, Jeffrey,
0: uh, carefully where you send your dick pics. Apparently
1: my parting words are even though GI Joe taught us that knowing is half the battle. It's took the Thundercast to tell us. The being a dumbass saves the day.